When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. I am so excited that you've joined us here today, and I wanna say thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to spend time with us learning about the successes and the failures and the trials and tribulations, the lessons learned by so many people that have broken through their glass ceilings. So having said that, uh, today I want to introduce you to Bijal. He, uh, since 2009, he's been providing virtual assistant outsourcing services. Um, he's advised over a thousand entrepreneurs, professionals, and businesses on how to find, hire, train, and manage virtual assistants. He's also pioneered how VAs, virtual assistants, can help clients with um, aligning their priority planning, uh, task scheduling, daily accountability, and KPI or key performance indicator tracking uh, to boost personal productivity and profit. So with that, I would love to say thank you and welcome Bijal to this show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we we met on uh, David Fagan's uh, Top Talent JV Summit. That's a little plug for David. Hopefully he knows that um, <laughs> right? Uh, on his his summit. And, you know, I was just really enthralled. I'll tell you what I was really enthralled with. I love the fact that you have a name that you can put all kinds of marketing around. I don't. You know, it's hard. It's hard to do Jen. It could be generations, I guess, get Jen with Jen, but it could, you know, uh, Duplessis, good luck with that one, right? Um, but I love that, you know, your name is Bijal, and uh, and here you have this company called Be Epic Outsourcing, and it's all about the little bumblebees, because we're all busy bumblebees, right? We, as, as uh, entrepreneurs, when we don't have, um, you know, a team, a team or a virtual assistant, if that's your first step in that, uh, you don't have someone to take the time away from you, you know, to allow you to have freedom. We're like these little bumblebees that are just running around to all these um, different pollens, you know, a little of this, a little of that. Oh, now I need to go here to the shiny object syndrome, right? We're buzzing all around like bees. And I love that that you're here to help people calm that down and let you be the bee. Let us not be the bee. Maybe we could be the queen, right? We just send everybody out and do things. <laughs> So I want to I want to talk about why is this the first question I want to ask you is why is this so important to you what what did you go through that said that's it I've got to help people what did you experience that said that as well 
Um, so let's start with that. Why are you doing this? What's your why? Jen, uh, that's that's a loaded question, and we're going to have to go back in time a little bit to the beginning of entrepreneurship uh, in general. Um, yeah. You know, I I first dabbled in entrepreneurship back in two thousand, and you know, like many entrepreneurs, um, from two thousand to two thousand nine, ups and downs. It wasn't until I read Tim Ferriss's book in about two thousand nine that I kind of looked back at those nine years and realized that I was doing it wrong. You cannot build a business if you are a solopreneur mindset, right? And given the complexities of business today, I mean, you know, there's different social media platforms, different marketing methods. You got your uh, HR, you've got finance, you've got IT, you've got technology, you've got AI. It's it's ludicrous to think that we cannot we can run any kind of business or even generate income if we have this solopreneur mindset we have to build a team around us so let's just kind of go back you mentioned it earlier to to the image of of of, of a beehive right yeah. the hive is say the factory the yeah. bees are doing their thing they wake up every morning they get on and they they do their job they're super productive right so bee is a symbol is a symbol of productivity even in in um, kind of ancient in ancient times they, they looked at the bee as an example of a creature that that has a job. Every bee has a unique purpose in its hive. It gets up. It does its job. Doesn't complain. Doesn't whine. Doesn't go off shopping because it's you know it's uh, because I, I, the, one of the challenges of being an entrepreneur is we manage our time right. We we yeah. leave the corporation to to have this freedom, and yet <laughs> often it's this freedom or belief that it's this freedom that sabotages results. Yeah. So the bee is very symbolic, and I was like to say the bee serves its unique purpose. It serves the hive and it serves humanity. So as entrepreneurs, that's one of our, at least one of my tenants. I've got to serve my unique purpose. I've got to serve my family and my community. But ultimately, as an entrepreneur, I want to be serving humanity in some shape or form. However, while we're this vision of this beehive, you know, this box or whatever, and you've got these bees buzzing around, what I want entrepreneurs to shift their mindset to is the beekeeper. Right? Mm. So the beekeeper is wearing a suit, a protective suit, to avoid the stings. However, the, the suit really represents protecting ourselves from the busy work yeah. um, that often comes with entrepreneurship. You know, we often will leave a corporation or a job and, and become an entrepreneur because we have a passion for, for something, not realizing that the passion part of almost every entrepreneurship, every business is often just a small amount. The rest is busy work. It's the busy work that drives results. The busy work is often mundane. It's overwhelming. It's repetitive. It's boring. It's I don't like doing that. And it's dislike. And since we talk about acronyms, that spells morbid. So we as entrepreneurs get inundated with the morbid parts of our business. And thus what we do is we then will shift our focus to the next shiny dangling objects because that looks a lot more fun. fun. And as we go through this journey of entrepreneurship, the morbid work that we face or resist doing is what distracts us. And we then go looking for something new. So it wasn't until I had this aha reading that book that I goes, oh my God, the reason I've shifted from one business to another business wasn't the business. It's I didn't actually want to do that work. Yeah. However, I didn't have to do that work. There's plenty of people who are quite happy to do that work. And today we can start doing, or we can start delegating that work at literally as low as $5 a day. Yeah. That's not a typo. That's not a misspoken. <laughs> Think about this for a second. 
if we can, all we do is identify some critical, what we call vital tasks that somebody else can do for us, that we may be resisting or dislike doing, that's a starting point in building a team. Literally, it can start as simple as that, $5 a day. Wow, that's beautiful. Okay, so what is the book you read? You mentioned a book by somebody, but you didn't say the name of the book. It was the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. I'm sure. Okay, I'm it. sure it's yep. you know, you, you, yeah. Yep. That I was a book that I changed that book. my understanding. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. And then let's go back to your um, acronym again. Let's let's uh, dissect that just a little bit so that everyone hears that um, acronym again of morbid. Yeah. So mor morbid is the stuff that makes us feel deathly in our business, right? So it's the mundane. It's the overwhelming. It's the below your pay grade stuff or the boring stuff. It's the uh, repetitive stuff. You know, the things that just again and again, because as entrepreneurs, we tend to have a creative streak and we don't like think doing things that are, are re repetitive. There's the, I don't want to do that stuff. The resistance that comes up. And then the dislike doing stuff. So when we do that stuff, it just like, it drains us, right? So when we get, when our, our day is filled with this morbid stuff, then we end the day not feeling great about what we've just done. And even though we may be in a great business, you know, we might then start looking elsewhere. Like, well, maybe that opportunity looks better. And then same thing, right? Every opportunity has the morbid stuff. I want to think, think about this. Uh, this, this, this is a visual on one of my slides uh, in my deck that a, a, a money printing machine, right? The money printing machine has two parts. We've got to build the machine and then we've got to turn the handle on the printing machine to actually print the money. So imagine we buy a box and inside the box is all the parts of building this machine. And we, 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 we spend all our time and money building the machine. Yeah. It's fun. It's, in, it's innovative. It's thing. We get a start. We get a rush of building it. We get this sense of completion of building it. But now we've got to start cranking the handle. Now the cranking the handle is this morbid stuff. It's the mundane, the overwhelming, the repetitive, the I don't want to do it stuff. And then what we do, we stop cranking the handle, and then we start, you know, going elsewhere to 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 find the next high, and and that's what we see in entrepreneurship. You know, we're at a time that every business, every business out there has been blueprinted. There are stories of people who have built many successful businesses, you know, in almost every area that we can think of. So when we start a business and it doesn't work, it's not usually the business itself. It's not the business that we've chosen. It's, it's how we're showing up for the business. And I think, you know, you know this better than anybody, uh, Jen. And it's because, you know, we don't want to, or we resist many aspects of running that business. And that's a, that's a clue to what entrepreneurs we should really be delegating to a VA. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it, again, I, because I'm an acronym girl, right? I've got a book on acronyms and that I'm always, I'm always drawn to acronyms because it is what creates that cognitive thinking, right? We think morbid. Am I in morbid right now? You know, am I feeling it's Monday, you know, and, 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 and SOS for me is an acronym, right? Shiny object syndrome is SOS and SOS is I need help. So when you see people looking and searching for shiny object syndromes, that is the sign that they're in need of help, right? All by itself. That's their them throwing out the, you know, the help sign. And so I I absolutely love that. Now, one of the things that um, you know, that I love about this um acronym that you're you're sharing here of morbid, um, is that I believe that um comparison. 
comparison, me, me compared to you as someone else compared to someone else. Comparison is the thief of joy. Okay. We compare people. And what we do is we compare people that are, we're seeing their front door, the renovated home. It's already done. It's beautiful. What we do. And, and when we're comparing ourselves to someone who's got a beautiful renovated home, we're in the house and we still don't have walls. It's a mess. It's right. And we're always comparing ourselves and, and to other people. And we forget that other people had to renovate their themselves as well before that could go out. And, and that's one thing when you said, um, you know, uh, mundane is that, you know, you don't, you aren't an overnight success. It's years and years of renovation. And what people are seeing is that beautiful home that's done. Right. And, um, and I think when we compare ourselves to people, it's almost a defeatist attitude. And we're saying to ourselves, you know, this is boring. I didn't know this was going to be boring. I'm overwhelmed. My to-do list looks like a laundry basket. I always call it, that's why they call it a laundry list, right? Because it's just a mishmash of a whole bunch of different things that you need to compartmentalize. Um, and, and I'm so tired of the repetition and this, that, and the other, um, you know, and I think that, uh, this is, you know, again, where people compare to other people, we've all had to go through some of those processes to then recognize, um, and look for the red flags and the warning signs that say it's time to hire other people so that you can get some time back. We don't have infinite time, but we can buy time. And that's what I love about it is, um, you know, hiring one person who works 40 hours a week gives me 40 more hours of productivity. And so time's infinite. If I hire two, I get 80. If I hire 10, I get 400 hours a week of productivity that I don't have to do. <laughs> um, There's a concept so, we, we talk about, which the, the value of time. Yeah. You know, so the, one of the things I, I, before I even talk about, say, outsourcing or delegation or working with VAs, one of the things I, I know I discuss with clients is the, the value of time. Now, for every hour you're putting in, what what is that generating in terms of revenue for the business? And until entrepreneurs you know really understand this concept, <clears throat> they, they'll find it really hard to scale or, or think about hiring team members. Because think about this, if you are filling your hour or 40 hours of your week, with these morbid tasks, right? Or or any lower level activity, you know, it's it's almost impossible to increase this value of your time. Say a, a millionaire, you know, give or take a few hours here, well, their value of the time is about $500 per hour. Yeah. Roundabouts, okay? Yeah. So if we are striving to say make our first seven figures and we look at our day or our calendar and say, and look at all the activity that we've done for the week and it's filled with this, you know, what I call the $5 per hour type tasks, right? Five, 10, whatever. We are literally sabotaging our uh, desire to achieve that million dollars because we, we, we filled it with, we filled it with this low level activity. We cannot achieve a $500 per hour value yeah. if we are filling our week with $5 per hour work. Yeah, I love that. Don't fill your week with $5 per hour work, right? If you want to be a millionaire, <laughs> right? I love it. I love that. That And, and it is so true. We yeah. know that. It's so funny. When I do the calculation, it's 584. Everybody does it a little different, right? But it's $584 an hour. And so I won't do anything that's less than $584 an hour. You know, now that doesn't mean I don't have grinder time, right? I think that um, in my first book launch, I did, I separated the whole book on finder, minder and grinder activities. 
And I do think that, you know, our job as entrepreneurs is to be the finder. We're, we're the rainmaker. We're the CEO. We need to bring things in. The minder is the one who fulfills the orders, the coaching, you know, whatever it is, they're the minder who does that and make sure that the client experience is really good. And then the grinder is, of course, the administration. But I do think there are times when as a CEO, we have to do the grinding work to create the vision, right? We have to do the grinding work to discern, you know, when, when, what's my key performance indicator, my either leading or lagging indicator so that I know when I need to hire someone so that it's not a critical mass and it's a code blue, right? <laughs> code blue, we need someone. And then we hire the wrong person, right? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about getting to critical mass. And, you know, that uh, people, you know, and especially with VAs, it's, and then we're going to talk about this too, is how do you know you're hiring the right VA? Because there's a lot of VAs that say they can do everything and they're not really good at anything. So we want to make sure that we're, that we're doing that. I know that's not the case for your company. It's totally different, but um, tell us about some key performance indicators that, that most, or that you find most entrepreneurs and small business owners don't see and then they're in a frantic mode and say, well, just screw it. I'll do it myself. And then they dropped up back down again. Well, I'm going to start with, with most entrepreneurs don't even have KPIs. Let's just start right there. Yeah. And I've talked to, you mentioned thousand. I've actually over had over 3000 one-on-one conversations, not to mention, you know, masterminds and trainings and speaking on stage. And I will say that most entrepreneurs, if you ask them today, will not have a KPI that they are tracking on a daily basis, whether that's the number of hours they're working on a week, whether that's even their revenue, right? So, mm-hmm. so let's we can start with with that. Now, for the ones who are, you know, um, when it comes to KPIs with VAs, it really depends on the work that you are delegating to the VA. Every every uh, you know job say it's going to be very unique and different. If if it's the the say um, like one of my um, VAs. She manages my sales pipeline, mm-hmm. right? So I often say to people that, look, if you are a, a business owner, your sales pipeline, if you have any kind of, um, you know, person to person type business, you know, business coach, real estate, insurance, whatever, we need a sales pipeline from your first connection to, you know, turning them into a lead all the way through to the right. final sale. Right. Again, most entrepreneurs do not have a sales pipeline, Right. They'll yeah. wake up in the morning, they'll jump on social media, they'll make friends, um, and that's great. But if you are in business, the first thing you should be looking at is sales pipeline. Where is the money in your pipeline? Because ultimately, we're in business to make profit, right? To make it, to break profit. Yeah. So as entrepreneurs, we often have our priorities wrong. Now, I'll say this. We, we, we're probably all hearing about AI technology. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, chat GPT and the various, you know, platforms out there, and right? Yep. And again, it can save you hours of time. We can jump on chat GPT. We can type stuff up. And after we've done it a few times, we entrepreneurs will get bored of this very technology. So even though all this technology is going to exist, that's going to simplify our life. Mm-hmm. We are not going to change our behavior overnight. We will still resist using m- many of the softwares that we bought uh, or will buy in our future. Again, this is the kind of stuff that we want to start thinking about. Okay. Can somebody else be using this technology? Because again, you mentioned our job as a business leaders, business owners, is is you know overseeing the movement of this ship, right? Yeah. And we got to then assign, say, hey, this is a great software. I played around with it. It's really good. We can save a lot of time creating blogs or creating social media posts. 
but I don't want to be the one actually doing the, the hands-on typing. So right. who can I assign this to? That's right. So more than the KPI, is, I want to introduce the word vital, right? And I don't actually call them virtual assistants, right? So I actually call them vital assistants because the work they do is vital. The word virtual means actually not real. The word vital means the most important things that have to get done in, in, in one's business. So I start with, with what are the most vital things that an entrepreneur can do? There's a lot they can do. If, if you say, hey, what is it you as a CEO of your business should be doing? But what's all the other stuff that you really could delegate somebody else? And that's an ideal world scenario. But the reality is we all start a budget. We all need to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And one of the quickest ways to have a failure when working with a VA is to outsource too much. The moment we start to delegate, there's something we call the feedback loop, which is, let's say, um, you delegate, hey, can you make me these, these social media posts? They go away. They make a bunch of social media posts. They'll come back to you. Hey, Jen, can you please check if I've done this right? And it's now, if that's the only thing that you've delegated. Right. Yeah, right. So you can say, oh, great. You look through this and say, this is great. Now, imagine we take all the stuff that we don't want to be doing, and we start this week to delegate all of that. All of a sudden, you've got this feedback loop from, from your entire team. And now you're going to feel overwhelmed in just giving that feedback. Yes. So more is not better when it comes to starting to delegate. It's starting with the most vital thing that, and it could be just one thing, that what's the most vital thing that if you delegate that, if somebody in the company is going to be doing that, will move the needle in your business. Once you've got a nice rhythm going with that, then you can add on to that and add on to that and add on to that. So stacking the delegation is very important. Um, and again, and then every time you create a role for your for your VA, you know, have something that you can measure. H how do you track the performance? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that then so then you can create a specific KPI based on their specific role. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think um, the other thing is, you know, having resources available to you, uh, whether it's, you know, in my case, we use Trello, right? We use Trello for my delegation. I put all my ideas in Trello and then they don't worry about them until I drag them over and assign them, right? So it's just like all these ideas, like oh, everything, but you have to, you have to know what they can handle and what they can't because you don't want to wake up at two in the morning and go, I wonder if they did that. Right. So, um, you know, having a resource for it, what you're talking about, it's funny because I call it drive-by delegation, right? It's like a drive-by shooting, right? You're drive-by delegating. You're like, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Or you could do this. You could do this. And, and people are standing there, you know, numb. They've just been hit by something and they're like, I don't know how to do it. They didn't even tell me when they need it. Um, when do I, where do I stop what I'm doing now and now do this thing, you know? And so I call that drive-by delegation and no wonder we don't get anything done because we don't even remember we assigned it. So talk about some of the resources that you think would be good. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, people wanting to work with your company, but if they don't have the wherewithal to do that now, which is silly because it's $5 a day, um, <laughs> uh, what are some of the resources that people could be using to monitor the delegation that they're doing? You know, I use something called the management cycle where, you know, you set expectations, you inspect expectations, you provide feedback, and then you reset the expectation to get to the goal, right? And so for me, it's that's the cycle that I use. But what are some resources that you found have been helpful for um, entrepreneurs? So, so the number one resource, right, is 
Google a Google document. And let me let me clarify that. It, it is clarifying what is the outcome. And I'll I'll put mm. outsourcing into two camps for just a moment. There's project outsourcing, which is building a website, building a funnel, building writing a book is a project, right? The other side is what I call processes. Now, processes are what I do call the day-to-day activities, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's something as simple as posting on social media, it's, it, it repeats itself every day or every few days, uh, checking email. It's a process, right? There's a methodology that you may not even know that the methodology, but you follow it every single day. You log in, you check your email in a certain order. And so there's patterns to these processes. So the number one resource that, uh, is to actually document some of these repetitive processes. Like, actually, what is it that I'm doing? Or yeah. what is it I'm not doing, but I know this is how it should be done, right? So when we create a step-by-step guide for doing a certain task in the business, now we can bring someone into the team and say, great, hey, this is how this this process runs. Yeah. This is what I need you to do. When you get to this stage, let me know so I can jump in and, and do my piece, right? So the ability to document the steps is maybe the one of the, the keys to success in, in, in hiring team members. The reason, now I say that as a very simple tool. However, I'm going to preface it with this. Because we tend to, as I mentioned, processes for entrepreneurs are morbid. Right. We don't like to it's run processes. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, we don't tend to think in processes, even though we naturally do them ourselves. So if I said to you, hey, Jen, hey, can write me a process for doing this one little thing. It's amazing how entrepreneurs will resist doing it. It may take them 30 minutes and they may procrastinate over writing that process for months, yeah. right? And and again, this just comes from 13 years of experience here. And I, you know, and I used to say to you know, entrepreneurs, hey, great, just write me the process. I'll find you the VA. I'll never hear back because they, they resist writing it down. Yeah. But if you can ever give yourself 30 minutes, take on just one person at a time, grab a cup of coffee and just think, okay, what is it I do to, to, to achieve that outcome? That alone will be one of the, the things that will create success when it comes to a hiring a VA, because now you can hire VAs based on their ability to run their process. B find a VA that already has run something similar. doesn't have to be the exact same, yeah. but some something similar. And then you can just train them on how on how the process works, right? So that's really of all the many things I could share. Oh, then of course there's there's project management software, you know, there's Asana, there's Basecamp, there's you know, ClickUp, there's Trello. It is it's it's not relevant which platform, as long as you use some methodology to keep everybody kind of tracked. And when a task is assigned, there's really the task itself, the outcome of the task, how what's your t- budget either in terms of time, money for that task to be done. So you can keep on track of, of, is it being done in the right span of time? Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges that entrepreneurs have is that, um, and I, and I kin this to, if you've ever been to a mechanic, right? Mechanics charge. And I know this because my husband used to own his own automotive repair shop. The thing is when you, when you look up, um, they have, they have a way that you look this up and you go, okay, I'm going to replace brakes on this kind of car that's this old, um, right? So this, I'm going to replace brakes on this kind of car that's this old. And these are SOPs, right? Standard operating procedures. And I have this much experience. So based on that, you should be able to replace brakes in 45 minutes. So if you're charging $100 an hour, you're going to charge $75, let's say. 
Okay. So that's how they come to the quote. It's all measured by what is the task I'm doing and what is my experience level in that task. And I think that um, this is, this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, don't see. And as you and I were talking in the green room, you know, this is a big, big issue for me because, um, the people that I coach, they have all these processes and, and they're all in their head. They don't write it down. They don't, they don't look at it on a daily basis. And what they end up doing to your reference is you're saying, write the process down and then we'll hire to the process. Everyone hired does it the di a different way. What they do is they say, I need someone breathing. So I'm going to bring them in and say, I really like you. We'll find a spot for you. I don't have anything written down, but we'll find a spot for you. And then 30 days later, they're pointing fingers at them saying, you are awful. You, you aren't working rather than pointing their thumbs at themselves and saying, I wasn't prepared to hire you. It's on me. And so then we don't hire anybody because, oh, the last person I hired, they were awful. It's not them. Go look in the mirror, right? Go look in the mirror. And so um, writing down the process, I think, is really tough I because I've got a process. One of my processes is 71 points of information, right? 71 tasks that get done for one thing. And um, yes, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but, uh, I think that one of the things that I just want to jump in and get your, your perspective on, cause you're the expert on this is, um, dictating a process yeah, because I know I'm a fast meticulous as if anybody didn't know, I talk fast and blah, 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 fast, fast, fast. I'm not going to sit down, write out a process. It's like no way, but I'll dictate it. And I can dictate it to otter.ai, right? To otter.ai. And they will, it will transcribe it for me and it will be done lickety split, right? Super, super easy. The other thing that I've done is that when I'm, so for example, billing, creating invoices, right? Um, I now have my team creating those. I was doing them for the longest time, but I thought, okay, let's start off with, Okay, I'm logging into Square. I'm logging into Thrivecart, I mean to Stripe or whatever it is, PayPal. Here's my logins. I'm logging in. This is where I go and actually recording it on Zoom or Loom or whatever we you know you're using, a join.me, whatever you're using, if you're doing the task, record yourself doing the tasks that you're doing all day long on a computer that that you're doing on the computer. Because here's what, and then I'll be done. I have a question here. Because here's what happens. I have a 50-10 rule, right? So when somebody new comes on, they spend 50 minutes with me. They cannot talk to me. I get to work for 50 minutes. They get to write notes. Why did you say this? Why did you go there? What's this about? And then they have 10 minutes of questions that they can answer me. Because here's what we do as entrepreneurs. Hey, come here. Let me show you how to do this. It only takes two minutes. Three hours later, five rabbit holes further down the road. Guess who gets to go home at five o'clock and guess who gets to finish their work that they didn't do for three hours. So my question to you about this is, um, yes, I mean, some of that, definitely they don't even have KPIs, keepers, indicators, right? But um, what strategies, and those are my strategies, but what strategies do you share with people in being able to get this done so that they don't ghost you with their process? Because I know entrepreneurs, we have other things in mind. <clears throat> so one of the ways that we started using um, VAs, and we call this particular group of VAs, VPAs, Vital Productivity Assistants, mm. um, wasn't to actually do any tasks for the client apart from one. 
which is for the first month or so, um, have the, the VA, all they do is meet with you and you tell them what your priorities are, like me, the entrepreneur, right? Yeah. So A, it, 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 it gets us to focus in because and where this came from, I used to co-host um, masterminds. People get together for two, three days, come up with multi-million dollar plans and ideas. And then few would turn them into plans and even fewer would turn it into a, what do I need to do this week to actually implement the plan yeah. to make this great idea feasible, right? So when I look at an entrepreneur's calendar, it tells me a lot about their intention. So EPIC right, is another acronym, which oh is boy. efficient, <laughs> productive, in intentional, and completional. So we teach our clients to become efficient, use the best use of their time, P is to produce the result that they really want to produce through intention, intended action, and then to complete. Entrepreneurs are not very good at completing projects, right? <clears throat> and again, all of this comes from not being geniuses because I didn't do this during that time I was struggling. Yeah. So I really created a lot of this for, for me just through my own like, holy moly. So Epic literally is, you know, we call it Epicpreneurs. Right. So the first step is start to observe your behavior. What are you doing? And tracking all of that in a calendar. So imagine you get to meet with a VA, $5 per day on a Friday. And you and you say, great, this 30 minutes, we're going to think about the next week. What are the most vital tasks that I, as the entrepreneur, have to do this coming week? You, you, you map it out. You look at the projects you want to complete. You say, great, I need to spend 30 minutes writing my book. I need to spend an hour on my funnel. I need to spend an hour on my podcast. The VA is there listening, taking notes. They, they go into your calendar schedule and put in what you've just intended to do for this next seven days. Yeah. Now, if you're following a priority method methodology, those are the vital tasks, the important things that will move the business. Now, every single day, they're going to check in with you. Hey, Jen, you said you're going to do this at 10 and this at 11 and this at 12 and this meeting here. Did you get it done? And now you have to say, yes, I did. Or no, I didn't. And then they're going to ask you, well, why not? <laughs> and now you have to first become, or be accountable to your VA. Right. Because right. what it's showing them is that, that you're going to show up for your business. right? And then you can start to say, great, now I'm going to start assigning this work, work to you. And that's a very unique way I use VAs to help entrepreneurs stay on track. Yeah. And people say, I don't know what to outsource. I said, well, well I, let me give you an idea. Start by outsourcing your priority management and task scheduling. Then we can start looking at delegating some of the other stuff that's going to start moving the needle in your business. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. There's somebody, I'm trying to think of what he says. There's excuses or there's something else because I mean, really what it, it boils down to is we'll come up with a bunch of excuses. And I, and I think it's funny because if, you know, most of us were employees before we became entrepreneurs, right? Very few step right into that out of college. But so we were, you know, these employees and imagine if we just had all these excuses for why we didn't get things done. And, um, you know, I have a, a quote that my mom used to say, we flatter those we scarcely know. We please the fleeting guests, but we deal many a thoughtless blow to those we love the best, including ourselves. It's amazing that that we will be latent with excuses for ourselves. But if I were working for a company, I would get that done. I would get that same task done because that accountability is so big. And my, and my income is dependent upon it, whether I get fired or not, because I'm not doing my job. 
And yet it's amazing that our income is dependent on us doing these, these tasks. So where's the disconnect? Where is that disconnect? You know, you are unemployed every beginning of every month. You are unemployed as an entrepreneur, unless you are doing what it takes to move that needle. You know that, and you don't want to go back to being a employee. You're like, I'm done with that. I don't ever want to go back to that. Okay. So then where's the disconnect? What is it in the psyche of people? It, it almost comes full circle, uh, Jen. You know, um, a lot of entrepreneurs spent the, the December or, or in, in the month of December and even now in January doing planning for the year, right? Mm-hmm. It feels good to do planning. It's a great project. You know, the, the vision of what we want to create, our three-year vision, we're going to be achieve this level of health and this level of income and blah, blah, blah. And that's a great. Did you plan out your first week? Show me your calendar. And there's literally nothing in the calendar that represents <laughs> the plan of the year. Literally nothing. Right? I know. So, so we are, unfortunately, entrepreneurs, some of the best bullshit artists Right. On the planet, yeah. and the only person who are really bullshit is ourselves. Yeah, right. And so, so that's when you know, because I was doing the same thing. I was running planning workshops, and people would leave it. Literally, we'd do it with with meet in person here in Vegas. We'd, we'd literally, I'd have them do it on sheets of paper. We'd get that like a whole timeline of paper. We'd, we'd tape it together. Yeah. We'd get sticky notes of all the different steps they'd have to do, and they'd leave with a plan. It, it looked gorgeous, right? And then I started to realize that they're not. No one's scheduling. Well, no one. Very few of them were scheduling the stuff actually in the calendar. Right. Even though we broke it down into the task level, yeah, they were not scheduling it. So I realized, and same for me. I was like, wait a second, I'm not. It's not in my calendar, which means that I'm not really committed to doing the, the that activity. So, so you know what? So so scheduling is a resistance point. So bring in a VA, right? Yeah. You schedule it. <laughs> right? Right. They have no issue scheduling my stuff. And so when we start to look at our ourselves as business owners, looking at what we are resisting doing is a critical or vital starting point in knowing what to delegate. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that all starts with clarity. There's no question. I I wrote something down the other day. I was at an event and um, and I, I tend to, you know, come up with these unbelievable brainstorms while I'm at, you know, listening to other people do, you know, say something and it makes me think, oh, that that's what I want to talk about. Right. I want to want to share this with you because this is so true. You ready for this? In the first quarter of every year, everyone's talking about goals. In the second quarter, we're now talking about accountability because we're not meeting the goals that we just laid out. Right. We're doing action, sometimes eating like soup with a fork right? We're not getting anywhere. So we're talking about accountability. Oh, I really got to get on those goals that I set out in the first quarter. In the third quarter, we're ready to refresh because none of that worked in the first two quarters. So it's halftime, right? Halftime. We go into what happens at halftime. They go into locker room and they re-strategize about how they're going to win the game, right? Adjust. So now I'm going to re-strategize and get readjusted. Now I'm all excited again. And then nothing happens, right? And so in the fourth quarter, we're encouraging ourselves for what we're going to get next year. And the bottom line is we did nothing. Absolutely nothing. We talked about it. We tried to implement it and we didn't do very well at doing that. So now we're just upset with our accountability because we're not meeting there. And so we're waiting for halftime to get refreshed and revitalized. And then we didn't do anything again. And so here we are at the end of the year now saying, okay, but I'm going to do it next year and repeat that same chaos every single year. 
And I wanted to share that with you because literally I just wrote it down the other day when I was at an event and thought, this is why people don't reach our goals is because it's a vicious circle of chaos. And um, we have to stop it. I mean, you have to want this enough to stop it. So what do you look for when someone comes to your company? What are you looking for to ensure that people are successful? Because I imagine this is a probably an issue for you. You know, I don't bring on clients if they aren't action takers. If I get the sense that they're doing, for example, um, I coach some loan officers, mortgage loan officers. Um, I won't bring on a mortgage loan officer who's been in the business for 20 or 25 years and they're only closing two or three loans a month because their habit is to come up with excuses as to why they haven't grown their business. It's already habitual. 20 years and you're still doing the same volume instead of growing your business. I don't want to bring them on because one, I'm gonna, I can't want it more than they do. I can't want it more than they want it. And that's going to frustrate me. And then they're not going to be happy and say, oh, I coached with her and it wasn't good. Not my fault. I can't do your work. You have to do your work. So what is, what is it you're looking for in an entrepreneur? Because someone who's listening to this says, okay, I'm going to get a VA. That's it. I'm going to get a VA. What are you looking for for someone who truly is going to be successful having a vital assistant? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, up until recently, most of our clients, I would say, have been what I call uh, experienced, you know, somewhat of a business owner or, or a professional. They've they've got something going on. They have, you know, consist, some sort of consistent revenue flow. Like our largest client has 12 of our team members. You know, they, they're, they're a $5 million coaching company. Um, and then I've got individuals who are solopreneurs, and, but they've got a VA doing two to you know, eight hours of work. But I really wanted to serve you know, the, the other end of the market too, because I've been there and yeah. that's where we came up with kind of the, the, the $5 per day concept. So in terms of what they do and who they do, we can literally help any entrepreneur, but you asked a very great question, the type of person, right? And so the type of person is, I don't want them to come to me with this, with this idea that a $5 per hour person is going to run their business. <laughs> yeah. So and and if they come to me with with and if I get that hint, I'm going to say we're not the right company for you. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of you know gurus out there that they haven't, they haven't really said it like that, but they've alluded to the fact that you can hire someone in the Philippines and they can do all this amazing stuff. They can, but it's not that simple, right? No. So that's the first clue. Someone someone says if they come to me with this with this laundry list of twenty different things. And I sense that all they're going to do is pass on their ADD, ADHD onto their VA. It's going to fail. Right. So, um, yeah. and so I, so I said, great, this is a good, a good list that we can work towards and we have to hire multiple people, but let's start with, with one or two things. Right. And, and that's the, usually the key. So, so one of the things that you know, we've had, we have a very high retention rate. Um, and almost every single person that that we are working with has been referred to me, um, you know, by somebody else. And so I, I'm being very fortunate up until this point that almost everybody who's come to me has come through a referral. And on the VA side, almost all of the VAs that have worked with me have come through a referral. So I had a core team of 10, 10 VAs that I've worked with for, for a decade. They then went out to their network of, of VAs. So we have this referral network on the client side we have this referral network on the va side so we've been able to have this very high quality of engagement so what we are good at 
is matching the VA, sorry, matching the client to the VA. And we like to say, we actually have two sets of clients. We have the paying client and we have the serving client. And our job is basically to, to, to marry the two. Yeah. And we track the, so really what we track, we track, you know, in, in, for better word, the happiness of, of both. If the client's happy with the VA, is the VA happy with the client? We've had to let go of a couple of clients because they were kind of a little bit, I don't say abusive, but their language was not acceptable. They would talk down, they, you know, it's a very dry tone. And we got to remember that, the, you know, they are human beings on the other side of this, this technology and they have feelings. And just because they may be, you know, we may perceive them as, you know, lower level employees, $5 per hour, it can get to some people's head. They, they, they feel that is right just to talk down to their team members. And I said, that's not, you know, the VA has to be happy in this relationship. It's not just about you pay, paying them is not the most important thing. They have to be happy with the relationship with you. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think that, and I think that's vital. I mean, like you're saying, it's a vital, a vital team member. It's not, a, you know, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, I we use the word virtual assistant, you know, or even vital assistant. Um, I don't, there's not a single person on my team who has the title of assistant. Everyone has an upper level title. Like I have an operations director, who's my assistant, right? I have um, an executive uh, manager, who's my executive assistant. But I don't like using those words because people, when you, you know, say, well, get in touch with my assistant, that's saying, you know, um, you can't have me, but you can have someone lesser. I prefer to say, get in touch with my operations director because she's better at this than me. She's much better. I used to be good, yeah. but she's so much better than me. So I always, it's never a, a lesser handoff, a lateral handoff, but always an upper handoff. You know, I, I have the title of CEO, but you won't find it yeah. on any of my documents because, um, because I'm just one of the team members and they're all better at doing and, yeah, and, and this this is very important. Is is you know we use the word you know virtual say in the front front part of our say marketing website because it's the it's a term people understand, but the moment people get to know know us, we we use it we change it to to vital assistant mm -hmm. and vital is an acronym, very important task actualized loyally. So that mm -hmm. that's another uh, acronym for for your book. Um, You're after my but, own heart. <laughs> the acronyms. <laughs> um, but but in the job description, when we help our clients write a job description, we want to give that position a name, right? Yes. Very few of the VAs are actually just, you know, assistants. They yeah. have a role and they should. They should have a role in the business because we often think of a VA as just being this general do all. And that's, that's you know, many of them can be, but they could be an admin, you know. A manager that could be a communications manager mm -hmm. they could be a social media you know um uh, advisor so there's many roles and and i i'd like to be, you know people to think of it as you're 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 just hiring somebody for a very specific role in the business that role has a description it has an outcome it has a kpi and that's how we're going to get the the most out of it i'm going to build a team right, right. so I literally can build i mean my my management team is a team of vas Right. Yeah. But they they manage my sales pipeline. They manage my marketing. They manage my onboarding. They manage my customer service. So the whole company is actually run by VAs. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think even the psyche from a you know perspective of an entrepreneur, the minute that you say someone's an assistant, you're already thinking lesser. But the minute I say, you know, contact my operations director, Vicki, um, I demand more from her because she is my operations. So when there's something that goes wrong in operations, I'm going to her and saying what went wrong, what we need to talk about this, right? As opposed to you didn't do it right. I, I don't like what you did. Let me tell you what to do. I'm going to her. So it's it's less directive and more supportive in that what went wrong? How do we fix it? Let me know when you've come up with a resolution so that I can give my okay on it. But I want you to go fix it, not me telling you what to do. And I, I think that's really cool. You know, it's funny. I heard someone say that we don't have virtual um, summits or virtual Zoom meetings anymore. They're all vital. They're all vital because it's our way to connect. And, um, you know, so I started changing it. I don't have a, I don't have a virtual event. I have a vital event, <laughs> right? Um, so I, I love that you've done that. Okay. So as we close up our time here, I could talk to you forever about this because I love this topic. I think this is, you know, to help people grow. And especially when we're talking about the soaring twenties, that's what I call the twenties, right? The soaring twenties. If you want to soar, you need to think outside of the box and, and not hold on to every task, right? And make sure that I can do it better than anybody else. You need to think about ways that you can delegate. How does someone get a hold of you to have that initial conversation with you and your team? Yeah, in fact, it's right here. So you go to beepicoutsourcing.com. Um, you can learn more about what we do. And, but there's a button that says learn more, and that will kind of take you on a journey to learn more about the type of tasks we do, how, you know, our, our payment, um, because we have a very different, it's a very transparent payment model where our clients actually pay the VAs directly. And there's a few reasons we've done that. But the one the main reason is that clients don't like to overpay for a VA and VAs don't like to feel that the agencies are taking money out of their paycheck. So we've okay. got the very unique model. Um, and then there's, a, there's an intake form that, they can fill out that has literally a, a whole range of different tasks that the, the client may want to delegate that leads them to a call with one of our matching agents that is it's called a suitability call. This is where you find out if we are right fit for you and we find out if you're the right fit for us. And that's, that's it, you know, and it's, there's, there's no pressure. It's just, it's just, you know, it's purely explore, uh, like an exploration. And if we are, then great. I love it. I love it. I love that you have a process for that. Again, you know, this is the process that we're talking about. So, so again, that's B Epic outsourcing and make sure when you're typing epic. this, it's a lot of B, it's a lot of E's in there, right? So it's B E E E epic um, outsourcing.com. Yeah. And so what would you like to leave us with a quote, a saying, an idea a tip? Um, it, it's really start with, with, understanding the value of your time right you do you, if you're if you're whatever whatever next level of income revenue sales you're looking to achieve what do you want to be focused on what should you be doing to achieve that what's the highest and best use of your time and what you need to delegate what are the vital tasks you need to delegate that will help you get there faster i love that and i'm going to show you this because this is in front of me every day for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube, I'm sharing my my little card that I've shared on many, many um, episodes <laughs> of our podcast, which is intention is everything. And this sits in front of me every single day so that I can be reminded about intention, right? And that don't get caught up in the, in the rat race of some of the things that aren't important. So I love that. 
Love, love that you said that. That is so critical. Uh, Bijal, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence today. I absolutely love what you've had to say um, about this outsourcing and, uh, you know, helping people really understand um, the importance of working in their own lane, you know, playing that game. There's a guy, uh, his name is Armani. He just, I just met him. He says, you know, there's three keys to success. One is play your position, play your position. Don't try to play everybody's position, play your position. Number two, be an expert in your position, the best in your position, the hall of famer in your position. And number three, repeat number one. Right. That's what we're talking that. about here. Today. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. Repeat number one, which is play your position and be an expert at it. <laughs> right. So thank you so much for uh, being here today. And we'll have all the links uh, in the show notes here, um, as well as all of your social media so we can follow you as well. Um, we appreciate it. Is there a, um, a uh, 10 steps that, that uh, entrepreneurs need to know? Do you have some type of uh, free giveaway that you could give to someone if they wanted to to learn about it. Is it a a plan or is it what do you have available that that someone can it, grab a copy of? It's it's a step by yeah on on the same website. There's a step by step guide they can download. It literally walks them through a series of exercises to really figure out what what are the most vital tasks that they can start delegating now. Perfect, beautiful. That's exactly what everyone needs. Awesome, I love it. Well, again, I want to say thank you so much for joining us here. I appreciate all of your time and all of your wisdom, and I wish you the best of luck. I cannot wait to share this with my coaching students and my mastermind students as well. I'm so excited to do that. And uh, again, for everyone who's listening, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Do us a favor. Scroll down on your phone. Give us a great five-star rating. Put in some wonderful comments about what you learned here, uh, you know, talking to Bijal. And uh, don't forget to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well so that you can um, watch us there. You can binge watch us if you want. With that, I will catch you next time. Take care. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.